So, this is the self-development with tactics. Book. So this is gonna be again about sleep. Keep watching. Yes. <laughs> Hello, welcome back to the next episode of the Self-Development with Tactics podcast. And as you might can just think about, uh, or you can totally see in the background, we are going ahead with uh, Why We Sleep by some PhD guy. I don't fucking know. <laughs> no, um, which is a book about sleep, a pretty, pretty fucking detailed one about sleep. Um, yeah, which is fairly interesting. And I do gonna think that I'm probably going through another summary in the other episode that's going to be published today um, on this side as well. Because this side provides a lot of great summaries and a lot of books that I find like, yeah, uh, quite interesting to go through. Especially like, for example... The uh, um, everywhere everywhere store, or or everything store. I think it's the everything store, which is basically I hope or I guess something like a bio biography of Jeff Bezos and how he actually built Amazon, and I'm pretty pumped for that as well. But I'm just going to through uh, going to to just look at all the summaries they actually provide and then just decide what I'm going to go through. But um, today or this time actually without actually uh, kind of being able to show you <laughs> so um, so sorry and yeah uh, we are going ahead with chapter three because we actually gone through chapter two you know in the other episode and I would totally suggest that you go through the other episode as well um, because you may need some informations there so just independently uh, of this episode or of this chapter because yeah, just the, if it, the information in the other episode might be just relevant for you in general. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, I think we're going straight ahead with chapter 3 and defining and generating sleep, time dilation and what we learned from a baby in 1952. I do hope I may be a little bit... Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right, I think that's good. Maybe the microphone a little bit in this direction. But yeah. So, sleep cycles last 90 minutes, starting with NREM, then transitioning to REM sleep. In total, there is an 80-20 NREM-REM sleep balance, which is fairly interesting, because often it's either 33, 33, and 33, or it is 80 and 20%. This is so often, and it's just incredible to see that it is that it is so often. And you know, it is so often this kind of balance or this kind of percentage percentage per sentence percentage balance. <laughs> so the NREM is a hypothesed or hypothesed, yeah. No, hypothesized uh, to clear out old memories and mental detruths and move information into long-term storage. REM strengthens the remaining valuable connections and creatively forges novel connections. This is probably really simplistic. When recorded by EEG or NREM, uh, by EEG, NREM is characterized by slow 3 to 4 hertz waves that propagate far from the cortex to the back of the brain. So cortex um, is basically a part in the brain, if you didn't know that. So 
I think there's the neocortex and the I think this should then be the part a uh, part of the cortex. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so REM is characterized by fast 30 to 40 hertz or hertz actually activity that looks indistinguish indistinguishable from wake up uh, from wake up, wakeful activity. Wakeful uh, thought is unsurprisingly a summation. Summation of many different neural signals occurring at once, making the synchrony of billions of neurons in slow wave sleep really notable. Analogy, the low frequency NREM waves are likely AM waves that can propagate further without attenuation. Attenuation. Attenuation in why we sleep, Matthew Walker suggests that this is a transferring memories, that this is transferring memories from temporary parts of the brain towards toward more permanent storage and allowing cross-brain communication to collaborate on their shared experience. If REM sleep looks like wakefulness, how do, our, how do you distinguish the two? Muscle atonia. And I do really believe that the REM sleep really looks like being awake or awake actually, because if you're really just moving your, your eyes so rapidly, then um, yeah, it kind of feels like, okay, or it kind of, for me, just, you know, I kind of think about it and I just try to imagine it, how this might be looking like. And it somehow feels for me that it's actually just looking like you're awake. And besides the whole fact, this might be even the reason why in the REM sleep we actually dream. And why then dreams actually, you know, kind of feel like they are true or they are just real. Even though they are just dreams. Because maybe just because we seem to be so awakened in this certain stage of our sleep cycle would be interesting. But maybe he actually will point it out or pointed it out before. This would be a little bit of pity. <laughs> but yeah. Um, the sleep spindles bursts of activity occur at the end of slow waves, possibly serving a function to block external sensory input from disrupting sleep. The people with more sleep spindles are heavier sleepers. Well, so as the sleep progress uh, through the night, a great attraction of each cycle is spent in REM sleep. Hypothesis, like sculpting out a mass of clay, more NREM is needed early in sleep to clear out memories first, and then more REM, REM later strengthens the valuable bits that are left. So if you had to be sleep deprived, it would... Uh, makes sense for the more critical functions to be performed first in case you had to wake up. This suggests to me that NREM performs a more vital function. This would totally, this would somehow make sense, even though I do just have to say, I do not know if the, the body is actually kinda made to not sleep. Because I do feel like, okay, we just have to sleep and therefore it would be just, I don't know, it would just also makes sense that the body just prepares itself for the proper sleep or the proper regeneration or whatever whatever you want to talk about um, beforehand. So as they say, it clears all the unnecessary thoughts and um, just all the thoughts beforehand and then goes into the REM. And this kind of sounds for me like, okay, the end REM is more like, okay, organizing everything and trying to just put everything into a bucket or whatever. And then the REM is actually just there for for kind of preparing you for the next day or some kind of just really regeneration or regenerating your health and your overall body and, you know, your mind as well, I guess. 
But yeah. So in Why Sleep, Matthew Walker suggests this trend seems to be fixed to the time of day, like the circadian rhythm, which is basically the thing that we were talking about in the last episode, which was fairly interesting. So if you're a heavy coffee drinker, or if you just consume a lot of caffeine, I would totally suggest you to go through uh, the other episode as well, because there might be pretty valuable information in there for you. Um, so Matthew Walker suggests this trend seems to be fixed to the time of day, like uh, the circadian rhythm, rather than relative to the time of sleep, which means then more than the first cycle of sleep happens at 10pm to 11.30pm and not in the first 90 minutes. Therefore, losing sleep at either, at either end of the cycle deprives the brain of the cycle. So losing sleep at either end of the cycle deprives the brain, the brain of the cycle, which must somehow make sense. Um, if I just truly understand what they are saying or what he is saying, means that actually just losing another cycle or just interrupting a whole cycle practically, like, uh, I don't know how I should actually put it, but for me it sounds like, okay, you shouldn't be just, you shouldn't be interrupting a cycle. Um, therefore actually going to bed for the sake of actually not interrupting the cycle would be a better idea than just going to bed earlier, quote-unquote earlier, like just still too late, but maybe not as late as you could, but then if we're just really kind of kind of disturbing the cycle, this might just fuck the whole cycle, so you could just really go to bed a little bit later. But I don't know. So REM sleep is where the dreams happen. Where dreams happen, at the start of sleep, the thalamus, or thalamus, they say, th- I think... I kind of feel like it's thalamus, like a normal, uh, a normal T, um, but it's a TH. So thalamus acts as a gatekeeper to filter conscious reception of senses, but in REM sleep this blockade is released. Sense of time in dreams seem dilated. So the sense of time in dreams seems dilated or dilated, an hour may seem to pass when it really only five half. So an hour may seem to pass when in reality only five half. Like five what? Five hours? Five minutes? I think it's, you know, one way and the other way. So quite both ways. Like, um, it seems to be like one minute, but in the reality it's it actually is five hours. But it also could be like, you know, five minutes or five hours in your dream, but actually one minute in your fucking sleep. In REM sleep, your eyes move rapidly. This was initially... Uh, thought to be visual exploration of the dream field, but this turns out to be more related to the creation of REM sleep than passive observation of it. Wakeful or REM sleep uh, have been described as similar to a microphone picking up a stadium full of distinct conversations. I wonder how how well Fourier transform works to unpack the, the component waves and enable non-invasive monitoring or mind reading. I do not really know what they're talking about, but something that I still want to point out is the part where they were talking about um, that the blockade or the the gatekeeper, um, which is the the thalamus or thalamus, just really is kind of released or quite not there in the REM sleep phase, which for me means, you know, if the thalamus or thalamus is actually just restricting every external senses and every external just things, 
from actually interrupting your sleep or going into your head, this might be a great just, you know, how should I say? You know, it might be just just good actually for learning. Because if you're really able to get to get some uh, some senses or some 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 informations into your brain while while you're sleeping in the REM phase, because in the other phase it seems not to be possible because the thalamus is actually restricting everything from doing that. But in the REM sleep it's not. Then you might actually be able to learn something while you're sleeping, but only in the REM sleep phase, uh, which is actually also something that I am trying all the time because I actually listen to some positive stuff, you know, most of the time speaking words like, you know, podcast episodes from people that I enjoy, whether it be Gary Vee, most of the time actually Gary Vee, because I want to get in the information and I want to at the same time get in the motivation. And therefore I thought like, you know, why shouldn't I do it while I'm sleeping or while I'm trying to sleep at least? And I do not know. And also to improve my English. I thought like, you know, this would be actually a great idea to actually listen to some English stuff so that my mind somehow gets, uh, yeah, gets more into speaking in English or just translating everything automatically in English, which would be great for me. But I don't know if this is actually something that improved my speaking or my knowledge or my my motivation. I don't know. It could be. So I'm just still, you know, will keep on trying it out. Especially also because it somehow, you know, your brain and or your ears or your, your senses in general seem to pick up certain things that aren't actually there while you're sleeping. I do not know if you have, no, if you have noticed this, but um, you often do seem to hear some noises, you know, just very, very silent ones that get incredibly loud. Whether it be a clock, you know, ticking or, you know, whatever it may be. These, seems, these things seem to be very, very loud and very, very just pissing you off, <laughs> at least for me. And I kind of feel like uh, through listening to something, this somehow stopped because this somehow just really is a little bit louder or there's something my brain can concentrate on to not really just pick up all the noises and all the clicks and, you know, whatever they may be um, so that I'm just, you know, having a better sleep or I'm not that disturbed, or not that just, uh, yeah, maybe even fearful, you know, just hearing all the fucking sounds all the fucking time is totally not something that I just like, <laughs> so definitely it might help you as well, so maybe we'll just try it out for, uh, yeah, for the sake of maybe even more reasons, so not only the language and or information or knowledge, but also just to sleep better, but yeah, um, chapter 5, Ape, Bats, Dinosaurs and Napping with Half a Brain. Who sleeps, how do we sleep and how much? Sleep is presented in all animal species, even in invertebrates, whatever they are. So, and bacteria that survive for longer than 24 hours have circadian-like rhythms. Invert the question, if walkful, wakefulness is damaging to the body and sleep recovers it, why did life ever bother to wake up? Naturally, you can't uh, reproduce when you're so naturally you can't reproduce when you're sleeping among many other activities so what what the fuck naturally you can't reproduce when you're sleeping among many other activities i think he just wants to say okay while you're sleeping you basically cannot do anything else than just sleeping which is definitely a pretty bad thing for your productivity 
which was definitely like the case, you know, 100, 200, 500, 1000 years ago for the really, uh, you know, early peoples. And it is for us just a great problem, I would say, because if I wouldn't have to sleep, I guess I just, you know, would have way more time and everybody would have. And, but yeah. Um, so the amount of sleep per day varies from five hours or four hours in elephants to 19 hours in bats. There are no strong correlations between animal characteristics and amount of sleep, uh, though brain complexity relative to body size increases sleep. Ah. Which means that elephants are extremely dumb. <laughs> so among animals, REM sleep occurs only in birds and mammals. The independent evolution of REM sleep, different uh, pila or pila, it is ph y l a suggests a critical function that nrem cannot accomplish or that rem is more efficient at accomplishing interesting animal sleep patterns uh seda asians or asians dolphins or whales sleep with half brain at a time which was i guess uh, just the thing that i was talking about yesterday uh, which is basically that they actually do not get into the rem sleep because they would drown Makes sense. And I even before that, before I just actually knew that, I I actually wasn't quite thinking about it. But as I was thinking about it, I was like, wouldn't just all the fish just drown if they just sleep? But then, actually, you can see, okay, they're sleeping with a half brain at a time. Or with half a brain at a time. And they also don't have REM sleep as formally defined, since the muscle uh, tonia would prevent swimming. But they may have some harder to detect REM variant. Um, but they may have some harder to detect REM variant. Um, I guess so, because if really REM is for all the animals, if you're just you know, thinking about that, um, is really the phase and the, the stage where we all regenerate quite everything, then I guess that um, just animals themselves or all the other animals we just have to, to do this as well. Because how would they just regenerate else? Hmm. Uh, birds in the flock will have most birds in full brain sleep. Uh, the birds in the perimeter sleeping with half their brains to stay alert for danger. Similarly, similar, similarly humans in a new environment, for example hotel rooms, show one half of the brain sleeping lighter than the other. Wary of dangers. This is why the first night in a new environment can be so unrestful. This effect dis dissipates with more time. You know, the, the funny thing there is that you can then totally see, okay, we all are animals. We all are, you know, just somehow. And yeah, we just have our instincts. We just have our just natural, natural... Uh, other word for instincts, something else? I don't know. Let's move on. <laughs> so trans, uh, trans uh, oceanic birds that cross thousands of miles have ultra-power naps, sleeping for seconds at a time. Well, the ideal human sleep pattern. Native pre-industrial tribes show a biphasic sleep pattern with 7-8 to eight hours a night and a 30-60 to 60 minute nap in the afternoon. At night, they sleep two to three hours after sunset, awakening around dawn. 
this makes total sense for me. And this was actually also one of the things that I was talking about or thinking about in my just leisure time. And most of the time I'm actually talking or thinking about certain things when I'm just actually willing to go to bed. Then my brain really starts to just think about things and just really starts to bother me. <laughs> Some sort of no, but... Um, I, I really truly know and I think this is just something that a lot of people will think and a lot of people will know actually is that um, all the lights we have, whether it be the light above me, like the light from my room or all the other things actually prevent us from actually having our natural patterns. Because I guess, I really guess that if we all were these Asian kind of people, um, we would actually go to bed when the sun sets, just in the evening or in the night or whatever. Which is, which totally makes sense, because if we have no light, what should we do? And the whole day would just be about, okay, what are we gonna do to just really prevent us from not dying in the night or actually find something to sleep there? Therefore, um, I really think, okay, we would just go to bed when the sun sets and we just would wake up when the, uh, yeah, when the sun rises. The thing there is that this then would show you, okay, which is basically something that I've read somewhere in a book uh, about health and and uh, Asian Asian methods to actually just be healthy, some kinda, and to actually just also uh, be a doctor. So the the Asian doctor principles aren't actually the same as our Western principles, uh, which was basically kind of the topic the book was all about. And they was telling me, or they were standing in, that we actually should sleep way more, or at least a little bit more, when it's winter or in the winter times, than in the summer times. And this would totally make sense if you consider that in the, uh, just in the winter times, the sun sets very, very early, and just, or the sun, yeah, pretty much the sun sets very early and rises pretty late. Which means that you basically have more time to rest or more time to sleep. Does this show me something? I don't know. I do think, yeah, I don't know. Um, they sleep two to three hours after sunset, awakening, ar awakening around dawn. A study of Greek siestas showed that people who abdont siestas due to political and social pressure showed 37% increase of increased risk of death from heart disease compared to those who maintained siestas. All people tend to have a dip in energy in mid-afternoon, so avoid the presentation right after lunch. The European style of sleeping, two periods of sleep at night, separated by a few hours of wakefulness, is mostly a cultural artifact and not a natural way to sleep. I didn't actually know that there is a European style of sleeping. So two periods of sleep at night, separated by a few few hours of wakefulness. I didn't know that. I'm European. I didn't fucking know that. <laughs> you know, there might be some tribes in Europe or some actually countries in Europe that might be doing this, but definitely not all of them. So definitely not. Um, relative to great apes, humans sleep 8 hours versus 10 to 15 and have more intense REM sleep, 20% versus 9%, uh, in Why Sleep, Matthew Walker hypothesis, this evolved as follows. Um, apes sleep in trees and enjoy great safety at night. In Homo erectus, an upright posture and shorter arms made sleeping in trees more difficult. REM sleep is 
uh, also dangerous in trees because of failing or falling out. Makes sense. Uh, production of fire enables or enabled early humans to ward off predators and parasites at night, but dangers still lurk to humans who could sleep more efficiently for less time were evolutionary selected for were selected for makes sense you know the, the thing there is you can totally see okay evolution just provides us with things or with kind of instincts or adaptations i i gonna be i gonna go with adaptations um so that we actually are safer we wouldn't adapt to something that's not good for us and i do think that it's just incredible how our human body can adapt to things whether it be conditions like weather or or uh, even psychological, you know, uh, conditions, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, all the other things. You know, there are so many things we can adapt to, mental things, you know, the, uh, all the other conditions I just mentioned. Then uh, sleeping, sleeping and eating patterns, I would say, because our body just, yeah, you know, whatever we, we, we are eating, our body will just adapt to, you know. If I may be just starting to eat wood, just real wood from a fucking tree outside there, every single day for the next five years, I think my body will actually somehow adapt to that and somehow prevent me from actually just dying because of the shit that I'm eating through some, I don't know, maybe I get some additional border in my tummy or in my gut so that, you know, the wood wouldn't just destroy anything or my just... uh gut how the, how is this actually called the gut uh the gut acid that's you know basically in my gut yeah <laughs> might even get a little bit stronger so that i can actually just somehow absorb any non there uh <laughs> nutrients that are in the bark of it is actually bark never mind in the tree but yeah um REM sleep is critical for first of all emotional regulation internally and recon and recognize and recognition externally and second of all creativity and this led to improved survival strategies and larger social groups with further increased brain complexity and more need for REM sleep forming a positive feedback loop. This just makes sense. This just really makes sense. No, we are just. I think just, you know, viewing sleep as a resource would help to somehow explain what I'm going to explain right now. Um, if we have more sleep, so more resource, I do kind of feel like, okay, you know, this additional resource that we are having or the efficient eff efficiency that we are having may lead to us actually being more intelligent or having actually more resource. Like, just through this resource, we can gather just more resource of something else or through this resource we actually are able to build our brain our human body even better but i don't know i'm just assuming i don't know i'm not a scientist but what i know is that this is actually the end of the episode i do think should we ah ah ah, ah, ah. no i'm not gonna go through the next one but, yeah, uh, this is the audio screen. I actually should somehow change the picture that's in there. Maybe we'll do this right now. Or we're done just the whole episode. Fuck. No. Yeah. 
let it be like this. Um, yeah, so this was the episode of sleep. I do think that you somehow got something out of it. It was somehow very, very scientific at the beginning. I do hope that I could add or could have added or could or was able to add something um, to the actual episode itself or to the actual uh, knowledge itself. I really hope so. And yeah, I wish you the best health, wealth, happiness and success. But still, don't forget to think about how you're going to be remembered. So quite your legacy, if you want to think like this about that. Or um, actually giving back to the people and actually giving back to the people because giving back to the people is important no matter if they have given you something or not. Just give something back to the world because you've gotten a life and you've gotten maybe even a very beautiful life if you're in North America or Europe. Yeah, with that being said, I hope you have a wonderful day and I'll see you hopefully in the next episode.